Okay, we're starting a new series today. It's called Predecide Better Choices, Better Life. Today's topic is Take Back Your Life. I want to start with a question. Uh, what is the difference between two groups of people? Those who are really fulfilled, uh, they got their life together, uh, they're doing well, and the rest of the world who are often struggling. And majority of people are in the struggling category. Now, we all know people that are smart, that make dumb decisions and mess up their lives. We all know people who are talented, that waste that talent and are struggling in life. So it's not about smarts, it's not about talent. I'm going to suggest to you in this series, it's about decisions. People that make good decisions are successful and fulfilled in life. People that make bad decisions are not so much. So this is a critical part of your and my success or quality of life is decisions we make. And we're going to talk about this power of pre-deciding or the advantage of pre-deciding. On your outline, the quality of your decisions, and my decisions, determine the quality of our lives, right? So if I make poor decisions, I have a poor quality of life. If I make good decisions, I have a good quality of of life. So, just make good decisions, right? We all make good decisions and we're good. But there's a big problem. What is the problem? Well, the problem is that most of us are not good decision makers. We're not good decision makers all the time. I want to make good decisions with my health. Uh, I want to make good decisions with my diet. I want to make good decisions in my relationships, especially. I want to make my good decisions about my relationship with God. I want to make good decisions at work. But the best way to think about it is this way. Do you have regrets? You have relationship regrets, financial regrets, health regrets? Probably we all do. That's because we did what? We made bad choices. We made bad decisions. So why is it that we're struggling to make good decisions? There's lots of reasons. I'm going to give you three uh, that probably hit most of us. The first one, I thought this was amazing. We are overwhelmed with choices. Now, that wasn't the part that was amazing, but experts tell us that we make up to 35,000 decisions a day. I said, that's every second. Well, almost every second, but that is a choice. We're always constantly, moment by moment, making decisions. Will I keep doing this? Will I stop doing this? Will I start watching this? Will I stop watching this? Will I, you know, change what I'm doing? way I spend my time. The problem is, when we have so many decisions, odds are we're going to make some bad ones, right? And the experts tell us this, as the volume of decisions increase, the quality of decisions decrease. They have a term for this. I never heard this term before, but I think it's spot on. It's called decision fatigue. You just get tired of making decisions. Um, thought about restaurants. You go in a restaurant, menu's got, you know, dozens and dozens. Now, my wife and I, it's a little easier. Most of you know we have a, a, a different diet. So we go in there and we have problems if they're going to have anything we can eat or one or two things we can eat. But we have decision after decision after decision. Most of you are too young to remember this, but in our first service, we talked about this. Uh, I remember when there was th three t TV stations. Three. You could watch this one, this one, or this one. And we had no way of recording that stuff. So if you didn't watch it live, you didn't watch it. That was it. 
Now, how many decisions you got now? We have, I think, 200 channels, and then we have, you know, Disney Channel and Netflix. And so the choices are endless all the time. What am I going to watch? How long am I going to watch it? Etc. You can binge watch series that were on for 10 years straight. Endless decisions. Money. I thought about going on, um, going online. You do shopping online? Don't raise your hand. All right. Endless options, right? As long as you got a credit card. Endless options purchasing. Um, Facebook. You ever get on Facebook and an hour later you realize you've been on Facebook for an hour? Or some other, you know, uh, method? Or YouTube. I know some people get go down that rabbit hole of YouTube, right? Watch this video and then you take you to this video and take you to this video. So we just get tired of making decisions. Um, second reason. We're afraid of making the wrong choices. Especially if you're Jesus following. If you're not, I think this material is going to be a help to you as well. But if you're a Jesus follower, okay, is this a what God wants me to do? Is this, is this the right thing to do? Is it, um, is it going to hurt somebody? I don't want to hurt someone with this decision. So we become afraid. Now the problem is then we become indecisive. Now the problem with indecision is what? Indecision is actually a decision, right? It's a decision not to do something at least yet. And so that's the decision. Someone's put it this way. It's the enemy of progress. You cannot make progress if you don't make decisions, if you can't decide. A third reason we make bad decisions, or we get tired of making good decisions. And this is a biggie because we're all emotional people, right? God gave us emotion. We let emotions overrule our logic. And it's really funny when I think about this. Sometimes I'll research some minor issue. And, uh, you know, online it's easy to research lots of things. So I'll research this and I'll research that. I'll take time and I'll compare this and compare this. And it might not be anything that, that important. Then other times I had this major decision and I, maybe because of emotions or maybe because I'm tired, I, I, I just do it. I'll put it on your outline. The thing about emotions is they're not permanent, right? No emotion is permanent. So here's a little bit of wisdom. Don't make permanent decisions based on temporary emotions. You met somebody, you're single and you met somebody and, and you had this great experience for a week. You don't go, hopefully you don't, go and marry them after a week, right? Uh, you don't make a permanent decision on a temporary emotion. So why do decisions matter so much? Well, we already told you that earlier on. What The quality of your decisions determine the quality of your life. So that's why it's so important. Someone's put it this way. It's a little easier, I think, to remember. We make our decisions, and our decisions make us. Right? Financial decisions, relationship decisions, health decisions, whatever it might be. So we're going to call this the power of pre-deciding. Because if you have to decide everything at the moment, chances are you're going to make bad decisions, right? If you can pre-decide what's a good decision, when that opportunity comes up, you've already decided what was good. 
most of you, if not all of you, pre-decided yesterday, even though maybe you stayed up to midnight, that you were going to come to church or watch our, our service, right? Now, some of you maybe just an hour ago decided, hey, I think I'll go. The power of pre-deciding. Now, those of us who are Jesus followers, we're going to ask for God's help, right? And we want to honor Him with our decisions. And so, the best way to do that is pre-decide according to His Word what is wise and what isn't wise, what is good for me and those around me and people I love, the kingdom of God, and what isn't. Uh, kind of a core verse we're going to start with is in Proverbs. Commit your actions or pre-decide to the Lord and your plans will succeed. So, in my relationships, I'm committing my actions to the Lord. So, what am I going to do? I'm going to love everyone, or try to, right? Um, treat everybody with respect. Uh, I'm not going to um, yell at my kids, or my grandkids in my case. Uh, commit your actions at work, right? So, I'm going to give my employer, you know, eight hours of work for eight hours pay, or ten hours work for ten hours, pay for ten hours. Okay. I'm going to commit that to that Lord, my, my job, my finances. We'll talk about that one of these weeks. Um, we believe it all belongs to God, and, and so God gets to decide what I do with it. And so I pre-decide, we call it a budget or spending plan, I pre-decide where God wants me to put all that money. Food, <laughs> food's a biggie, right? Uh, most of us probably have a restricted diet of some sort. There's certain things we won't eat or we won't eat too much of that certain thing, right? And the older you get, the more important it gets because your body can't deal with some of those things. So, commit those actions to the Lord, pre-decide. A verse that's pretty familiar to most people, it's kind of the same idea. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, then all these things will be provided for you. So, Pre-decide, okay, in this scenario, this situation, or with my money, or with my diet, or whatever, my relationships, um, how much am I going to do? How much am I going to eat? What am I going to eat? Uh, when am I going to eat? Some of you probably don't eat breakfast. You decided not to. I always eat breakfast. I've decided that. Um, now, we do do this. Uh, best example I can think of is I pre-decided way long time ago, before I go to bed, I'm going to brush my teeth. I'll floss and brush my teeth. I don't wait till I get ready to go to bed and say, ah, I'm going to brush my teeth today or not. Otherwise, life would be so difficult if all the time you had to make decisions. So we do pre-decide, but we don't pre-decide enough. So, for example, you're shopping online and something costs so much money and you want it, if you pre-decided where your money is going, what we talk about, is it in our budget? If it's in our budget, maybe we should spend it. Not necessarily, but maybe we, we can spend it if we choose to. If it's not in our budget, automatically we don't buy it. All right? What about this one? I say, when you start worrying, and I say if, because we all worry, I believe, anyway. So, when we start worrying, I pre-decide when I understand I'm worrying, that's not honoring God. It's not helpful. I'm going to 
pray instead because that is honor, honorable to God and help, more helpful. So I predecided that. So I'm going to look at a couple of examples real quick of Scripture of people that predecided. I can make, give you a dozen or two. Here's a couple of people. Now, most of you probably heard of this guy named Abraham. Interesting guy. God tells Abraham, I'm going to make you a father of a great nation. You've got to leave where you live and go to this other place. This is going to be eventually a promised land. So Abraham does it. So time goes on and Abraham doesn't have any children. So he said, how can I be the father of a great nation, whole, whole nation, if I don't have children? He tried to help out God by having a child with somebody else other than his wife. His wife is too old to have children. And then all of a sudden, what's God do? Gives him this promised child. So he's elated. God has fulfilled his promise, and he has this promised child. Ten or 12 years later, we fast forward, and then this happens. God comes to Abraham and says this to him. Take your son, your only son. He didn't consider the other child uh, a valid son. Make sure you get the right one, Isaac, whom you love so much. He's a promised child, right? and the child of your wife. And go to the land of Moriah, go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will show you. Now, most of you probably know the story. Next verse says, first thing the next day, he gets up, gets his servant, gets Isaac, gets what he needs to do this, and heads off to Moriah. Now let me ask you, how in the world would he do that unless he had pre-decided what? If God says it, I'm going to do it. I don't have to worry about the outcome. I don't have to worry about the details. Even if, you know, the only promised child I have is supposed to be the father of a great nation, that's not my problem to figure out how it's going to happen. I pre-decided, if God said it, I'm going to do it. Amazing. Uh, another story. Uh, this lady, Naomi, uh, has two sons. She goes off to another country, and uh, her sons marry girls from that country. Then both her sons die. And so Naomi's sad, and she said, I'm going to go back home uh, to Israel. And she tells the two ladies, you know, by tradition, I'm supposed to provide other husbands for you, but I'm too old, and, they, and you'll be too old before they can even grow up. So you stay here with your family, and I'm leaving. Well, one of the, one of the daughter-in-laws does, but the other one, whose name is Ruth, what does she do? Here's what she says. Ruth replied, don't ask me to leave you and turn back. Wherever you go, I will go. I've decided. Wherever you live, I will live. In fact, she wasn't Jewish, but she said, your people will be my people and your God will be my God. And if you know the story of Ruth, that's exactly what she did. She decided Predecided, no matter what's happening, I'm not leaving you, Naomi. One of my favorites, a guy by the name of Daniel. He was a, he was a bright young man. He was carried off in the cap he's Jewish, he was carried off in captivity in Babylon. And the Babylonian people saw his promise, so he got him and some of the other guys together and he said, We're gonna we're gonna, you know, train you to be part of our our government. So, consequently, in the training, we're going to give you some special privileges. You're going to get some special food and be treated a special way. And so, what's Daniel do? Well, Daniel had pre-decided that he was not going to disobey God's laws as far as diet. So, what did he do? 
or even health reasons. Daniel was determined not to defile himself by they follow himself by eating the food and wine given to them by the king. He asked the chief of staff for permission not to eat those unacceptable foods. Right? Otherwise, hey, they better food than most people get. Wine, better food. But he had already pre-decided that I'm going to eat according to God's instructions and not eat other things. Now, the problem with all of these is Temptation to compromise, isn't it? We're all tempted to compromise. Oh, God, it's not that important. I could, you know, looks good. I get to eat, eat some of this food. In this case, it was more important in the fact that it showed that God and God's Word were better for people than other choices, in this case, diet. So let me ask you a question about these three... Illustrations. Why did they predecide to honor God? And why should you and I predecide to follow God? Because they and you and I should know who and what we value. So let me ask you, what do you value? What are your values? What do you value? I'll give you a couple of examples, possibilities. Uh, integrity, truthfulness, honesty. Um, that's a big value of my wife and I. <clears throat> and we try and stick to our word. If we tell you something, we try and do it. Um, and we appreciate seeing that in other people, people that we can trust. That's a value we have. We believe it's a godly value. So that's why it's one of our values. Maybe faith. Abraham is known for his faith. Maybe faith is a value for you. And so consequently, when you know what God wants you to do or you read what God wants you to do, you do it. Just like Abraham. Maybe generosity is a core value of yours. So when you see somebody in need, you help them if you can. Right? Of course, you have to make decisions if they're really in need and how much to help them. So what are your values? Because here's the key. Here's the key in this decision-making deal. When your values are clear, when you know what they are, what you're for or against, what's you know, good for you and what's not good for you, your decisions are a lot easier. Right? So when I go to a menu at a restaurant, it's a lot easier for me because I have a restricted diet that I only eat certain things. Decisions are easier. So I'll give you kind of a fill-in. When faced with you can fill in whatever you want. When faced with this uh, health issue, diet, exercise, whatever. When I'm faced with this relationship issue. When I'm faced with this vocational issue. Uh, whatever it might be. I have pre-decided to do what? Now, give you an example from my own life. Kind of a <laughs> funny one. Um, golden rule. I try and live by the golden rule. It really simplifies things. So when people ask me for the help, if I can help them, and if it's something that that if I was in their situation, I would want somebody to help me, then I try and do it. So, this past week, remember how cold it was? Well, some of you know Miss Faith. Um, she's, um, it, uh, health's not real good. She lives alone. Anyway, uh, her water pipes are under her main floor, and she has a crawl space underneath. Anyway, her pipe's busted. So, Richard Queen, most of you know, the queens do a lot for Miss Faith. 
So he's going to fix her pipes for her. And he asks, you know, since it's a crawl space, if I would help him, we do some stuff together. So I said, sure. So it's about 20 degrees, and we're crawling under our house. And uh, turn the water on, we find the leak. We turn the water off, fix the leak, turn the water back on. There's another leak. After running the story, get some more materials. Fix that leak. We turn the water back on. There's another leak. Turn the water back off. Fix that leak. Um, turn the water back on. There's another leak. Now, this time it's like 4.30 in the afternoon. And we're both exhausted and cold and so forth. So we told Miss Faith, I'm sorry. <laughs> we'll have to come back tomorrow and work on this some more. So that was on Monday. So Tuesday morning, I get a call from her. She said, you guys come. And I said, well, wait, it warms up a little bit. But she said this other friend of hers was there and he was going to work on it. And so turned out there was two more busted pipes. And by the time Richard got there, uh, he had fixed them already. And her, her water was back on. But here's kind of the funny part. She calls me later in the week and said, thank you so much for coming to help. And I said, Miss Faith, I try and live by the golden rule. And if I had busted pipe, I expect you to come and help me fix my pipes. She, she said, I don't know about that. Maybe I come and watch. But anyway, all right. So, pre-decide. What are your values? And if you're Jesus' follower, what are God's values for you? Because here's the key. Your decisions determine the directions of your life. Just like if you go out here to the high road, you decide to go this way, it determines where you're going to get. You're going to be in Waynesburg. If you go this way, you'll wind up in Hagerstown, right? If you don't turn someplace. Same thing with life. Decisions determine direction, relationally, financially, health-wise, etc. So, if your life is moving in the direction of your decisions, we just said they are, you are. do you like the direction they're taking you? If not, why don't you change them? What's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results? So, if your decisions, the directions of your decisions aren't where you want to go, then you need to change them. Now, the problem with me, and probably some of you too, is that I have some shortcomings. That's a nice word. It's shortcomings, that's a nice word, right? Bring the next slide up. I'm going to talk about some six negative qualities that I sometimes I exhibit. Um, sometimes I'm just inconsistent. You know, I'll exercise, I'll exercise, I'll exercise, and then, eh, I don't want to exercise. <laughs> or whatever it might be. Uh, sometimes I'm inconsistent. Uh, sometimes I'm unprepared. And I hate not to be prepared. I, mean, I think Satan tries best he can to kind of, you know, find us unprepared. I just started reading the Bible again, like I always do. And what's the first part of the Bible about? Back in Genesis? Satan comes to Eve. Evidently, she wasn't prepared, right? And he said, ah, oh, you can eat that fruit. And so she ate it, even though God said not to. So sometimes I'm unprepared. Sometimes I'm unintentional. I don't make decisions intentionally. I just make them or fail to make them, right? Uh, here's a biggie. I'm a selfish person sometimes. And probably you are too. One way you can test out if you're selfish, if you take a, if there's a picture, we took pictures on Christmas Eve, and one of our pictures has about eight people in it. And when you look at that picture, who do you look at first? Let's be honest. 
You look at you, right? That's what you look at. I want to see if I look good. Uh, challenge for me sometimes is uh, I work out of my home, so I'm, my wife and I are together a lot, and she'll be saying something like, um, uh, I need a vacuum. And so this thought goes in my head, well, I could do that vacuuming for her, but I don't really like vacuuming. I don't know how many people do, but anyway. And so then I have this little you know, battle going in my mind, but I love my wife and I want to be helpful for her. And so most of the time, and not always because I'm a selfish person, I'll, oh, can I help you and, and do that for you? I'm sometimes short-sighted. I don't make, probably we all do this, I don't make decisions now thinking about the ramifications later. And then sometimes I just quit. I give up. I stop. I know it's what I should be doing. I know it's good for me, good for other people, but I stop. So we're going to try and focus on some commitments or you want to call them resolutions, you can call them resolutions. Um, over the next couple of weeks. We're going to talk about being consistent. What do you want to be known for? Do you want to be known as a person that's inconsistent or consistent? I'm going to be ready. I'm not going to be caught off guard. You want to be known as somebody that's ready. I'm going to be committed to being devoted to, to God. I want to be somebody that people know as I'm a generous person, that I'm a faithful person, and that I'm not a quitter, that I'm a finisher. Now, it's going to take what? It's going to take courage. I came across this kind of definition of courage that I really liked. Courage is the difference between those who want to do and those who do. We all want to do. I think we do. We all want to do good, right? But courage is the difference. We actually do it. So on your outline, I've pre-decided that my decisions won't be based on the emotions but on the values that God has placed in my heart. And sometimes they're in conflict. So if I pre-decided I'm going to do what values, God's values and honors God, then I can get past the emotions. Because when your values are clear, what? Your decisions are easier. Wouldn't you like your decisions to be easier? The most dramatic example I could think of is this. Jesus, on the last night of his life, of course, he probably knew it was going to be the last night of his life. Disciples didn't know it. He goes off to pray. And here's his prayer. Just one verse. Can we bring it up? Yeah. He went on a little farther, this is Jesus, and bowed his face to the ground praying, My Father, if it's possible, if it's any way possible, let this cup of suffering taken away from me. I don't want to die. I don't want to suffer and die. I don't deserve it. Figure out some other way to do it if possible. But how did he end his prayer? Yet not what I want, not yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Now, how do you do that? How do you pray that prayer? The only way you pray that prayer is you've already predecided that you wanted God's will more than your own. Now, good news for all of us is our lives aren't, our salvation is not determined by our decisions. I mean, all, one decision. So we don't lose our salvation by making dumb decisions. Our salvation is based on the grace of God, right? 
good decisions or bad. I want to finish this one verse. Uh, I thought this was amazing. Uh, this is in Isaiah. Uh, the Israelites are being carried off into captivity. And um, Isaiah is talking about the history of Israel. And the verses before this, you know what he's talking about? He's talking about that miracle of taking the Israelites out of Egypt. 400 years of slavery. Moses comes along. takes them. The last verse before this talks about how he wipes out the army of, of Egypt, the most powerful country in the world, wipes out their army in the sea. And then notice what, what God inspires Isaiah to say. But forget all that. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute, God, we, we celebrate that. That's our biggest holiday. We, Passover that we have is, is, is this miracle that you perform for us. He said, ah, forget all that. It is nothing compared to what I'm going to do. It's going to bring him out of captivity. Of course, the most greatest thing he did was provide salvation through Jesus, right? So here, for us today. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? So January 1st, we've got a new year in front of us. Forget about the past, good or bad. God's going to do a new thing. In fact, He's already begun. But do you and I see it? Our lives aren't determined by our past. Our lives aren't determined by the devil says about, about us. Our lives aren't determined by what other people say about us. Our lives are determined about what God says about us. So here's your next step. What are some of the values God has placed on your heart? What are they? Once you know what they are, figure out what they are. Are your decisions and actions reflecting those values? Why or why not? I pray that they are, that they do. Let me pray with you. Uh, Father God, we thank you that uh, life is tough. But if we follow your principles, it gets easier, especially decision-making. We value what you value. It won't necessarily make our lives easier, but it certainly will make them uh, better in your eyes and honoring to you. And most of the time, easier and better. So God, I pray as we continually, constantly make decisions, that we'll make a habit of pre-deciding, especially about those important things, those big things, and we pray for anyone that's not a Jesus follower that today would be the day that they would decide. Okay, I'm going to step across that line. I'm going to accept that gift of salvation and forgiveness of my sin and enter into a relationship with Almighty God. By His grace, it's offered to me as a free gift. I accept it. I pray that you do. And God, for most of us who are Jesus followers, I pray that we seriously commit to being a Jesus follower. Commit ourselves to theirs, your values, that they would be our values for your honor and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.